Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Manchester City 2, Paris Saint-Germain 1. What a game of Champions League action we had on Optus Sport this Thursday. We'll go through that in detail on today's episode of The Gagan Pod. We'll look ahead to the Europa League. And the weekend Premier League as well. So much to talk about. Let's get stuck right into it. Another great morning of Champions League action on Optus Sport. Manchester City getting the job done against Paris Saint-Germain. And after about half an hour, who would have thought we'd be talking about that? David Wiener with you for another episode of the Match Day Gagan Pod. Joined once again by Thomas Sorensen, John Aloisi, Michael Bridges. Bridgie, that was a terrific morning entertainment. Absolutely brilliant and didn't let down. We were so looking forward to Paris Saint-Germain against Manchester City because of the attack in football. Both teams play and it was very similar to the Real Madrid-Chelsea game. It was a game of two halves. This was a lot more entertaining and you know, City and Pep Guardiola just showed their true class in character, the way they were able to get back into this game. If we'd have done this podcast at 30-minute mark, which we wouldn't have, but if we had, uh, how different would your view of the game have been, John, and what then changed? Oh, the first 30 minutes, you have to say Paris Saint-Germain completely dominated. They looked fresher, they looked sharper, uh, they were comfortable in playing through uh, City and uh, and they created chances and they, they, they looked really good and you thought that this is going to be an easy win for Paris Saint-Germain. But you can never underestimate uh, a Man City side, especially coached by Pep. And what really changed was... 10 minutes before halftime, their line, their defensive line pushed up high and they started to press a lot more. And once they started to do that, they got a little bit of joy just before halftime with Phil Foden's first chance. And in the second half, straight from the kickoff, the pressure was there. They didn't win the ball back in areas where they could actually create chances, but they regained the ball a lot quicker and then they dominated with the ball. And that, that's what changed. They controlled the game with the ball without creating too many clear-cut chances, though. Gary Lineker said on Twitter afterwards that's one of the greatest triumphs by an English side in European football. Ooh, Seems a, big, a big statement, but given how good Paris Saint-Germain were in that first half an hour or so, given City walk away with the win, uh, what, do you, what do you make of that assessment of the game? No, I, I think when you turn the ga- game around like that, I think Pep actually summed it up really well. I think they were maybe a bit nervous, uh, had a bit too much respect for for Mbappe and Neymar and and what they did to Bayern Munich uh, in that first leg um, in in the quarters. So, you know, it takes a bit of time, you know, just to get over that. And you could see, you know, I was so impressed with with PSG, especially that that middle of the park, um, you know, Paredes and and Guy and and Verratti, they, they totally limited the space in around De Bruyne and you know, even when Foden came inside, there was nowhere to go. And and uh, but with the press, and probably the mindset changed a little bit for PSG coming out. They didn't look as sharp in the second half, 
And then the game just changed totally. The control, the possession, and then a bit of luck as well. You know, the the first goal, you know, with, with De Bruyne and, and, you know, how it's floated in. Does anyone get the touch? And, and it just uh, deceives Navas. He, he expects a touch and then suddenly it's beyond him and, and a little bit of a lucky goal and then the free kick and the game is turned on his head. Can you just reiterate to me what Gary Lineker actually said there, Dave, on Twitter? Paraphrasing, but the, the one of the greatest triumphs for an English team in European competition. Did he not watch Manchester United against Bayern Munich when Solskjaer and Sheringham came back? Well, probably. I don't know if he if he's declared the best, but one of the best. All right, we'll let him off then. No I problem. Man United also had a comeback in Italy. Was it uh, against uh, Turin? Turin uh, yeah. against Juve. Roy Keane was the, mar- yeah, the man so that started that one. Yeah, so I think there's been a few. Yeah. What was interesting though that Pep after the game said at half time he had to remain calm and actually tell the players, look, play with confidence, play our style of football. We can go press higher because we, we showed a little bit of joy there right before the end. I think that nervousness might have even come from him before the game, you know, worrying so much about Neymar and Mbappe on the counter attack. He took that nervous. Well, the, 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 he looked nervous in his he, interview, John. He did. He did before the game. But uh, you know what? The tie's not over. Mm. Let's not underestimate how good Paris Saint Germain have been away from home. I know it was the, the, the first legs in the last two uh, ties against Bayern Munich and Barcelona, but they, they were very good away from home. Pep, Pep's words were we were more aggressive in the press, and you know we, we analysed that mm. on the show. You could just see the intent, and it was. It, it was um, actually hurting me from the previous match that they had in the Carabao Cup, how dominant they were against Tottenham Hotspur. They pressed very aggressively and it was almost like they went back to what was familiar for them in that second half, the aggressive press. Well, Kevin De Bruyne said uh, afterwards as well that he credited uh, Pep Guardiola's halftime team talk. Uh, by the way, just to clarify what you said, Brid- asked before, Bridgie, that was one of the best performances in an away leg by an English side in the history of European football. Absolutely outstanding from Manchester City. So, lavish praise and then lavish praise from Kevin De Bruyne about what Guardiola said and I'd love to pick your guys brains on whether you think what happened in the second half which led to uh, a collapse by Paris Saint-Germain in terms of their their attitude as well was that a com- uh, was that triggered by Pep Guardiola's messaging go out play higher press harder move more up you know high up the field or a combination of Pochettino maybe taking the foot off taking the backward step as well which way do you read that was one a cause and effect or was it a bit of both well I think it's a little bit of both I think it's also because uh, when Paris Saint-Germain in the first half they were very aggressive in their press and, and they won the ball in good areas and, and City weren't as comfortable on the ball but uh, you know when they tried it in the second half City were able to find the solution and play out and you can't press for 90 minutes 90 plus minutes and so you know Paris Saint-Germain still you know was still compact came back in if the if they didn't make those two mistakes on the goals, you know, you, you come away from that and you go, all right, we limited them to the, you know, clear opportunities and it looks like a positive move by sitting off a little bit. But they conceded two goals that you should not concede. And I think on top of that, the disappointment, it was just a lack of discipline, how everything just fell apart. You know, the the, the red card, um, you know, from Guy, you know, how he came in. But there, there was a lot of silly challenges. Um, you know, Neymar. Neymar, yeah, yeah. Neymar got a silly yellow card. Uh, I think Paredes got a one where he kicked it away, actually, for, for the second goal, for the free kick. Uh, and, and you can just sense the frustration. And, and that, that's the worrying sign that, you know, you're still in the tie. You know, 2-1, it could have been 3-1, it could have been worse. 
And then, you know, they've already sort of chucked in the towel a little bit. And now there'll be, you know, an important midfielder down for, for the second leg. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I fear for them. I think they, they haven't got a great history in second legs. They won away games, but that's been the first leg. Now they have to go and chase. I'm not quite sure if it suits the way they play. Talk about um, the way that they collapse, which is possibly a stereotype that they try to overcome. And you look at Manchester City, who now, um, after not being overly tested for a long period because of how good they were defensively, have now come from behind against Borussia Dortmund. Different level, but they come from behind against Aston Villa, come from behind again today. They are showing that no matter what challenge you throw at them, including not playing with a striker, that they're finding a solution no matter how, even if luck is a little bit involved. Yeah, and what a time to start doing that in the season. You know, when we're coming to the to the main pointy end where you're in the semi-finals, you're looking to get in the finals, which they've already won. You're looking to wrap up the Premier League. They're in a very, very good spot. And there are players that start the season very well in Sterling who have tailed off. Mm. But then you get a boy in Foden who has just gone from next level to next level every game he's played. You've got Morris, who I think is in incredible form, and Mr. Reliable, the captain, De Bruyne. Yet again, he just shows that you can find a way. And we were questioning that number nine. I've done it ever since the start of the season. Can you go on and win the Champions League? There was moments in that game, with and without the ball, where a number nine definitely would have helped us in that first half especially. They had no focus point down the middle. He addressed that at halftime. He went with a higher press. He had, if De Bruyne was dropping in, Foden went and was the main point just to give the two centre-halves something to think mm. about. And you've just got to credit everybody involved at Manchester City, the staff, for observing what went on and the players for taking it on board and understanding the rules required. Brilliant. How good was Gundogan in the second half as well? He looked like he was never going to lose the ball. He looks like one of those footballers that, you know, he could easily be playing park football, his body shape and that, but he's just so comfortable the way he, in tight areas, keeps the ball moving. I thought that their midfield outplayed PSG in the second half and that was important. But... Don't forget, Pochettino's done this before. He's come from behind in the semi-final. He knows how to do that. He, he, he They've still got Neymar. They've still got Mbappe. They've still got Di Maria, who was very mm. good, uh, especially in that first half. It was unfortunate he had to go off after the red card. They've still got enough firepower to cause City problems. It, there's, it, the tie is well and truly open. A, a question to you, John, as a, a coaching question. If you're Pochettino and you're watching the first half and how well everybody played, are you questioning the, the discipline the boys let you down? That second half, when it was almost like, oh, I get my son off the Xbox because he's played on it for too long. And he's like, oh, duh, why have I got to do that? And he goes into this little little strop. They just look like they've thrown yeah. the dummies out I, the crowd. I think what he has to actually, uh, with his talk leading up to the, the City game, is show the positives. Look, boys, we can actually play through City. Mm. We can play through their press. This is what we didn't do well in the second half. This is how we, we uh, they pressed us and they won the ball in areas but we can do it. But you have to be switched on for mm. 90 plus minutes, maybe even extra time. He will reiterate that. He will make sure that Marquinhos is the, the coach out there. Mm. Come on boys, we have to stay switched on because if, if they stay switched on, all it needs is is that uh, that half chance that Mbappe might need to score a goal and Neymar and they're, and they're well and truly in mm. the game and we saw the deliveries from from set oh, plays you know, Demarius like, Demarius like both like two or three times yeah. you know they, and that's the danger and, and Man City don't look comfortable uh, especially in that front area runs Marquinhos obviously got on the end of it but there was a, a few other had another one yeah, yeah there was a few other times um, where they just got out muscled out jumped out thought and 
get that first goal in Manchester and that puts a mm. bit of doubt in the minds of, of the City players and uh, it's still a tough task but it's not impossible. So Neymar and Mbappe, you mentioned them, I mean City, credit to them. You say they're uncomfortable from set pieces but if you think about the last two games in the Champions League, for the most part they have restricted goal scoring opportunities for Neymar, Mbappe and Haaland. Adriano Del Monte made an interesting point about the Neymar legacy in the post-game show. I know you love Neymar, John, in the first half. It's amazing how things change in the space of half an hour. In the first half, we're literally going, we've got to clip this up. What, what, a, what a turn, what a flick, what a pass, what movement. Talk us through what the next 90 minutes mean for Neymar and Kylian Mbappe. Oh, look, Mbappe's still got a lot of his career to play out in front of him, whereas uh, uh, Neymar, he'll still go down as being, you know, under he'll that He'll definitely messy. go down, John, because he does every two minutes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Sometimes he does go down a bit easily, especially with that strapping on his elbow. What was that all about, Bridgie? It was embarrassing. I thought he got a <laughs> tattoo at half-time. Uh, oh, man, yeah. Look, I, I will say, look, I, I really like Neymar because... The thing is, even when the going gets tough, Neymar does not go hiding. He wasn't good in that second half this morning, but you have to give credit to City. City didn't allow him to be good. City closed down the space for him. City, when they... That's the reason why Pep played with so many, so many midfielders. We spoke about it before the game. It was like that short passing. If we do lose the ball, we've always got men around the ball. So if Neymar does get it, he, he doesn't just have to beat one player. He has to beat two, three players. He can't get his head up and play Mbappe. And it was the same with Mbappe. A Mbappe always had... Diaz was superb. Mm. Uh, Stones was comfortable. And they didn't really allow him to have that space to get in one-on-one. -on -one. That one time he did get in behind, Edison swept really well, that sweeper-keeper role. Um, and, and that's what Pep loves. And that's why he's got him there. Question for you, Tommy, and John, and Dave, actually. Ne <laughs> Neymar. When he was at Barca, playing under Messi, yeah, second fiddle, in yeah. the shadows. Yeah. Right, you've gone to PSG, a lot of money. He's there. He loves being a big fish in a small pond. All right, here's, here's one for you. When the going gets tough, I think he, I think he shugged his responsibility second half of his work rate. And that's a bit harsh, Bridgie. I wouldn't say big fish in a small pond because, you, you know, with Brazil, he's still the leader of that country in terms of when they, they need him, he steps up most of the time. Uh, look, uh, Neymar will go down in history as being one of the best Brazilian players. Not the best, but one of the best because of the amount of goals he's scored for Brazil, the national team. And, you know, Paris Saint-Germain is not a, not a small pond. That's a, that's a, that's a big, big... All right, big call there then. Why does he not want to go to one of the biggest leagues? Why won't he go to uh, challenge himself? I think he enjoys playing against lesser teams every week so he can show boat and shine. Or is the next 90 minutes? If he can pull out the fire in the next 90 minutes, like that's why I said, how big is the next 90 minutes or the next 180 massive, minutes massive. for him? It's funny how, how critical we are and how critical football supporters and pundits and journalists are. I him, John. He just yeah. frustrates the hell out yeah. of me when the going gets tough and you get into him. I think he just you can put him off his game too easy. Yeah, but you still have to say, you know, looking at the Bayern Munich game, you know, he carried that yeah. team in that game um, and, and in, a, in a tie. I think he's... You know, there's something special about him. We can't, we can't argue it. Uh, is he among the absolute best of the game? You know, it, it, you know it, that that's where it sort of starts to crumble a little bit. And you know, again, he needs, he hasn't. You know, I mean, Bappe was. You were talking about him. You know, he's won the World Cup, so yeah. that's it. And you know, that's that's where Neymar still sort of lingers. Will uh, he win a Ballon d'Or? No, I don't think so. Hey, and he's lived. Yeah. No, Never. but he's played in an era no. where you know you got Ronaldo and Messi and. You know, you got Lewandowski. You, you know, 
you know, he's still a good player, but yeah, I live a little bit with your frustration, Bridgie, that, uh, you know, he annoys me when I watch him because he's, he's such a good player. Nearly. But why does he have to but, roll but, around? Why does he have to? Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't agree with those antics. I'm not. I'm not backing him on that. I'm backing him on his, his talent and his ability and and the way he actually can win a game off his own back. It, it's he's done it before. He can do it again. And football can change very quickly. Can change in one week if he does perform like we know he could perform and win against Manchester City next week and win the Champions League and win the Copa, Copa America. America. All of a sudden, we're talking about that he could be a Ballon d'Or winner. And I will not throw a hand grenade. Quick question in then I'll be president <laughs> can you win the Ballon d'Or if you win the Champions League if you win the Copa America but you don't le- finish top in France yes of course you can yes you can because it's an individual of award yeah yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah. It, it, look it's uh, it's one of those awards that they look at a lot of international they, they look yeah. at the, the, the European the international a lot of the time that so so Messi might not win it because he's only going to win probably La Liga this year so he might not win it so it, it's pretty open I think it's very open this year. Yeah, yeah. Poor like Lewandowski might get some points for last season, maybe. But it's a good debate to have, and I think the Euros will have a big influence on that. Before we move onto the predictions, you hinted before that maybe Pochettino will be have, have addressing the way the team crumbled in the second half. Do you think then that it was not his plan to have them sit a little bit more at a retreat, and that just happened naturally? And and by dint of that. When they go to Manchester, do you expect to see what happened in the first half in the way they approach it, or maybe somewhere in between? I think they definitely had, in his mindset at halftime, they would have said, you know, let's just have a little bit of restraint and hold back now, because against Bayern, they didn't. They went for it and they kept on going. I could just see today they had a little bit of self-doubt. City, with that goal, the timing of the goal, um, yeah, and, and City's aggressive press, they couldn't, they couldn't get through that. They didn't seem to have the the understanding of how like they did against Bayern Munich so you've, you've got to credit I credit Manchester City Hughesy but it, just we don't know what's been said in that dressing room if he has put the reins on it did look like there was a little bit of that but credit, credit has got to go to City that we all been in games where you know even though you want to you, mm-hmm. you, you just can't yeah. you know it's just a natural flaw of the can't game manufacture and, and that, itself. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and the natural you know change of tactics from, from Man City to just a higher press limiting that space suddenly it, it, it just naturally then you, you start backtracking a little bit and before you know it, you're stuck in your own box. You know, we, we've all been there and, yeah. and even though you don't want to, mm. that's just what happens. And I think that's a little bit the, the mentality then after changed a little bit and you can just see them, okay, we'll, we'll sit in and then the goal and then everything the red just card. Fell, and fell What's apart. disappointing is if it, uh, they didn't get a red card, would have he brought Icardi on and put Mbappe on the left and, and you know, maybe then that the actual longer ball into Icardi might have been able to, because Mbappe with his back to goal, it's not like a normal striker yeah. doing it, you know, like a natural number nine. So, you know, he might have been able to change it he wasn't able to change it because of what happened with a red card. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rightio, then give us an answer. 
Who goes through to play either Chelsea or Real Madrid in the final? No, I'm, I'm definitely all Man City. I think um, they're, you know, they might concede um, in in Manchester, but they'll also score. I think they've they've got enough. Um, now they're in control. It suits their style of play. It suits what Pep wants, and and I think it's gonna expose um, PSG a little bit more. They have to expose themselves. Go forward. Uh, the only way is, is like a, get a, get a goal PSG, uh, you know, from a set play or something, and then you know go from there. But no. All, uh, all Man City for me. I still think Man City will be too strong. I, I think the way they controlled that second half, uh, playing at home, I know there's no crowd, but playing at home, you, you think they will have too much for PSG. And they've been very good defensively this year. They don't give up too many chances. So even though PSG got all that firepower, I still think City will go through. Yes, I'm going to go City. I went for Paris Saint-Germain today. I really thought they had an opportunity at home against City. And they seeing, they the, way, seeing the way they had a capitulation, the discipline, I've got to say Manchester City um, will go through. Do I want them to win it? No, because Tommy said that they would win it. <laughs> you know, the, we, we haven't spoken about this. We, we've, we've been very critical, obviously, with this uh, uh, mistake. But um, Navas got them through the tie against Bayern Munich as well. You know, mm. he, he, uh, he made so many important saves and we're talking before on uh, we got on air this morning that he's an, an underrated goalkeeper he's one of the best in the world and then he goes and throws well, one in he's got an extraordinary <laughs> record in this competition he doesn't lose many games in the Champions League so contract extension I do believe has been offered to him will that be on the table next week I don't think so after that. <laughs> uh, Bridgie you know goalkeepers union over here you know we'll we'll have some words with you after the show uh, I think Kayla Navas uh, was distracted by the sausage sizzle in the, in the grandstand at the park <laughs> <laughs> If you watch the show, you'll know what we meant by that earlier this morning. Gents, tomorrow morning, actually two really interesting fixtures in the Europa League with Manchester United playing against Roma and, of course, the Arsenal managers derby, Villarreal against Arsenal, Emery against Arteta. Some predictions here. Uh, Solskjaer, geez, he wants to get through this semi-final, actually make a final and pick up a trophy to some progress. Is it five semi-finals in the past season and a half? It's time to step up, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, you know, the pressure's on. And again, you know, we were talking about Neymar's legacy, you know, Solskjaer as well. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's been up and down in, in, in the polls, I think, for, for since he ever took over. And, uh, you know, this will be a, a big plus for him if, if he wins um, this, this tournament. They'll be in the Champions League for, for next year, so they'll have that opportunity. But to take that into next season, I think will we'll set him up nicely. Chris Smalling and Henrik Mkhitaryan in this game too, which is an interesting little twist. Roma are a, a peculiar opponent right now. Yeah, they're, they're at a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say a crossroads, but they, they expected more from this season. They expect to be challenging for Champions League. They're not going to be. Um, Fonseca's under a bit of pressure. They say if he doesn't get through to the final, Europa League final, he'll be on his way. There's talk about maybe even Sadi going to Roma. So uh, they've got a lot to play for. And uh, But Manchester United are still have to be strong favourites. It, it, it will be a massive disappointment if they go out to Roma. Massive. And not only that, I would say it's not going to put Solskjaer under pressure that he's going to lose his job. But it just, for next season, there's that added pressure because he hasn't won a trophy mm. still and he didn't make a final. He's lost five semifinals. So for him personally, he needs to get into the final. You can, he can still see Mourinho with that trophy. <laughs> he wants to get that picture off the wall at United at the training ground and have his face holding that Europa League trophy. And I'm going to go with them on this one, Dave. You laughed at me last year when I backed Roma in this competition. <laughs> I really did. 
I was enjoying the way they were playing. I've really enjoyed watching them this season as well um, in the Europa League, not so much domestically, but I, I'm going to see United. I'd, I'd like Solskjaer to get one. Is uh, Emery the king of the Europa League? He is the king of the Europa League. Probably the nicest guy in the Europa League and the king of the Europa League as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know if he's the nicest guy in the Europa League. Well, he invited Arteta over for a chat before he got the Arsenal job. Yeah, that, that was very interesting. You don't usually see that. Uh, you know, a coach just getting the sack and then the next coach going in, you know, putting his... Uh, well, opening the well, door. Maybe really told a few him. lies well, by the I'll way things what, have gone. Whatever he said to Arteta has been shit advice. <laughs> <laughs> he's done his job very well there, hasn't he? It was almost that's, that's like... A, it's a great club. <laughs> Do you know what it was like it was like re-sign Aubameyang he really wants to stay I think it's a really good move to do straight away it, it smells like David Moyes coming in after Ferguson when Ferguson's like good luck mate yay you're not going to break my legacy look all jokes aside that's another good tie and another tie that's got a lot of pressure Villarreal haven't got pressure Villarreal are, are a side it's it's relatively a small club in Spain but with the deep pockets that they do spend money on players and they always got a very competitive side and they have been to a Champions League semi-final before uh, when Pellegrini was there are they still in the stadium that Yes. They would have been in when I was yep, playing for yep, Leeds. Yep, yeah, yep. I tell you what, that, that, oh, though, there's no fans. It's very hostile. Yeah, it's hostile. It's it's smallish. Yep. It's a, it's not a big stadium. It's a very small city. Um, but then you know what? They they always uh, play good football. They've always got good players. And uh, Gerard Moreno, their striker, is in top form. He's got 20 league goals this season. He's playing for uh, the national team to hopefully go to the Euros. And and Emery's not under pressure there because that the pressure is for them is to be. You know, challenging, and they are. They're, they're just outside uh, the top four. That just outside. They're, they're, they're well outside, but they're around fifth or sixth. Who, so they'll make Europa League again. Who gets through? I still think Arsenal will get through. I, I, I think that they need it. They definitely need it. Arteta definitely needs it, and I still think they've got the better side to get through. Tommy, you know, I I quite fancy you know the. The, 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 the Spaniards, I think they, uh, you know, with, with... The Yellow Submarine. <laughs> yellow Submarine. Their nickname. I think Emery, you know, he's got that pedigree. He's been there before. Uh, and, and the pressure on Arsenal mm. and the form they come in with, you know, just, you know, managed at, at, at a late draw against Fulham. I just fear for them uh, that it, it'll be too much. And, uh, you know, yeah, the, the demand to win something uh, is, is going to... Yeah, just be too much. Well, yep, great stakes, great pressure on both clubs, and we could end up with four English teams in the final like we did a couple no, of years ago, or we might no. not. We will see. We will see. Now, there no is a glut of viewing for you guys over the next couple of days on Optus Sports. Starts actually on Thursday afternoon, if you managed to listen to this beforehand. In the J-League, Mitch Langerax and Nagoya up against Kawasaki, and they actually play themselves twice in the space of five days. They're the two form teams of the competition. And, uh, they could decide so, the title. Yeah, some say they could decide the title. So uh, tune into that or watch the highlights if you can. Uh, and they are a great team uh, defensively with Mitch Langrak at the helm there. And um, there's a stack of WSL as well with the key fixtures coming on Monday morning uh, with Manchester City hosting Birmingham City and then uh, Chelsea going to Tottenham uh, this time next week. That could be absolutely oh, decisive Alana in Kennedy the title. Absolutely. So keep your eye out on that one. But that is in a week's time. And then of Did course, anyone see Alana Kennedy's free kick? She can hit them. Oh, oh, that, yeah, that, that was a was great, great, great strike. Free kick. I was questioning the goalkeeper. Did you see the goalkeeper? <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah>, the goalkeeper <laughs> had no chance. Sometimes, guys, <laughs> come on. Hey, we're, we're, you know, come <laughs> on, Dave. Dave, you got to stand up come for on. us. So. We normally abuse Forty, <laughs> and now Tommy's in the hot seat. So, mate, no, come I, on. I can defend myself, but, you know. <laughs> He's a big guy, by the way. I, I wouldn't want to be fighting Why him. am I on the other side of the desk? 
<laughs> it's one and a half against two, I think, in terms of coming coming in and against on, it. So you've, you've left Thomas there. Um, huge weekend of Premier League action as ever. Kicks off Saturday morning, 5am Eastern, Southampton against Leicester City. The countdown kickoff game on Saturday night is Crystal Palace against Manchester City. Interesting to see as ever what team Pep will play for that. Brighton I against Leeds. I thought you were Lees. about to say, interesting to see Palace. <laughs> No, now. I wasn't going to say that. I do want to put the viewers off. I think it's going to be a classic because this city could get 10 here. <laughs> <laughs> Brighton against Leeds at, mid- at midnight. Chelsea against Fulham at 2.30am Eastern as well. Everton against Aston Villa at 5am. And Sunday night, Newcastle against Arsenal. Manchester United against Liverpool at 1.30am. Of course, oh. if that hour is not good for you, on-demand highlights, mini-matches, extended highlights, mini mega-minis, whatever you, the, whichever way you want to consume it, we've got it for you. Tottenham against Sheffield United, Monday 4.15am, and the round rounds out with West Brom against Wolves and Burnley against West Ham. That West Ham game, interesting, of course, for the race for the top four. Gents, what jumps out at you this weekend uh, in the Premier League? No, I think the... Um Man United, Liverpool. I think uh, it's a massive game. Uh, I don't know, Liverpool need the points. Um, and again, it's a, one of the biggest derby games uh, with the history behind that. So, uh, yeah, really excited about it. Imagine if Manchester United basically end Liverpool's hopes of making the top four. That would be absolutely damning for Liverpool. How much would that hurt? Yeah, they would hate that. Fan, that would be devastating for them. But you know what? They, they, they've still got an opportunity because Man United playing Europa League, their eye will be on the Europa League. Still, you don't want to be losing to your closest rivals in terms of the history between the two clubs. And I'm going to go for the two W's. West Brom against Wolves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, that, is that a black country derby? It's, it's up there. Yeah, it's not as big as West Brom Birmingham. Yeah. Um, but we're in, we're in that. I think it'll be... It's two teams that I uh, haven't enjoyed watching this season. I really enjoyed watching Wolves last season. Um, West Brom and Jalbin have been a little bit on the up after the Chelsea win. And, you know, they've got a few results. I still think they're dead and buried, but I'm looking forward to that one. How did Chelsea and City play it? They've got two interesting games. Looks easier games on paper. Um, Not as important for City. Crucial for Chelsea. Uh, They've got a lot. They're fighting on a lot of fronts right now. And with West Ham, uh, you know, breathing down their necks too, they cannot afford to take Fulham, who have got so much to play for lightly. Yeah, this is Fulham's last chance, isn't it? They need the three points. They need to actually win this game. Uh, But... Chelsea need to win, yes, because they need to steal, uh, stay in that top four. But he will rotate. You, ha- you have to say that he's going to rotate in this game. Fulham were offered um, Timo Werner on, on loan because Parker said he was after goals. And um, I've just seen the breaking news. Fulham have actually turned down the move. Oh, come on, <laughs> come Bridget. on, Bridget. I just want to wind Dave Is, there, is there not a strikers' and, and union? Mate, is there mate, not a strikers' mate, union? There, there was. We had a go at him yesterday, but I've got to say I was very upset. Optisport put a, a six and a half minute video out of his misses this season. I thought that was very, it very nice. That was not nice It was not very I nice. I really felt from because my footage is about two hours of all the misses that I ever had in my career. It was horrible. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great watch if you're a Chelsea fan. Uh, last, Burnley a banana skin for uh, West Ham at all? Chris Wood, unbelievable in the last outing as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, the, the goals he scored. Um, huge, I think it was three, isn't it? Uh, mm, mm. So, um, you know, again... Burnley, you know what you're going to get. It, they're tough to beat. Uh, they, they're going to give you a run for your money. But if West Ham won again in the Champions League, they have to they, win this yeah, one. They have, they have to win this. got to say, that was incredible watching the Burnley game. They, they, were, they were literally throwing the ball from anywhere in the field into that penalty area. But there were good wide deliveries. And they were coming in from all angles. And 
We, yeah, it might not be attractive, but I'll tell you what, that was very, very effective. Uh, they haven't done that all season, um, but they got it so spot on. Can anyone see any changes to the top four by the end of the season? Leicester play Southampton this weekend, and they've got, we've spoken about it a, a number of times, they've got that really tough final into the season, but this run of four games right now, they could really wrap it up, and, and, and West Ham are now playing catch-up a little bit after what happened last week against Chelsea. Can anyone see a change? No, I think you know West. I think Leicester will, will be safe. I think uh, they're not going to crumble like they did last year. The run in, they have uh, the games they have left. Um, I, I think that they'll make sure that they get there. Um, yeah, uh, Ch- Chelsea. They, they again look at they they've obviously got Man City and, and Arsenal. That's going to be be tough. Uh, Leicester at home um, so so I could see Liverpool potentially if they win this derby against Man United I look, they, it's they, a big weekend for Liverpool uh, it is it, it, because it, they, they could potentially flip it on his head yeah a bit. it's a big weekend for them it, look Liverpool you can't write them off but uh, I still think that uh, have you seen the running John yeah like I, after I, this game yeah yeah, tidy yeah they, the Liverpool will get Get po- if they get points against Man United, you, you still can't write them yeah. off. But you're just re- they're relying on others. That's the problem. Yeah, they're relying on others. But Chelsea, don't forget Chelsea got them. Oh, they've got, they've got a big month of mm. football, haven't they? FA Cup final. They're still challenging for top four. They've got Champions League. Uh, they've got Man City. They've got Arsenal. They've got Leicester. Yeah, it's a big it's a big month for them. So uh, Chelsea Dave, could, Chelsea could miss out in the top four, Dave. I think yeah, West Ham or Liverpool watch this space. But Dave's not too worried because he thinks they're going to win the Champions League and just qualify through that. Hiding on a few fronts, I'd rather be in that uh, position than otherwise. Gents, had a great couple of days, uh, and we're going to do it all again next week as we find out who the finalists are in the Champions League this year. Thanks very much for your time today, for sticking around in the sunshine here at Optus Sport. Thank you very much, Dave. It was absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to everybody that's taken part. John, great to see you um, in the studio. And Tommy, good to um, rekindle and go through some of our old stories from our Sunderland days. That was nice um, to have lunch with you yesterday. Oh, thank you, Bridget. Oh, isn't this a I lovely end? Well. Yeah. For everyone that gets <laughs> made it this thanks far. For, thanks for the invite, Tommy and uh, Bridget, for uh, not getting invited. Uh, it's a close club. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone that made it to this far of the podcast, thanks so much for your company. Hope you enjoyed it. And as ever, until the next episode of the Ganga Pod, enjoy your football. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.